Hello everyone, welcome back to Family Forever Child's Conversations on Care podcast. My name's Amanda Griffith and I'm the CEO at Family for Every Child. Family for Every Child is a growing network of currently 40 local civil society organisations working on the ground in 36 countries. These organisations have an absolute wealth of knowledge and experience from years of working with children and communities to develop solutions to improve children's care. I'm joined today by Ron Gutierrez, Clinical Director of Legal Services for Children in the United States, and Susan Kluler, Child Advocacy Program Manager at Children in Distress Network, commonly known as Cindy, in South Africa, who will be moderating this po- podcast. Suzanne, over to you. Thank you, Amanda, for the introduction. Um, today, we're going to take a deeper, deeper dive into Family for Every Child's 2021 to 2025 strategy. Um, but before we start, we just want to begin by acknowledging that the current major events unfolding globally are likely to continue. Um, and these include the climate crisis, pandemics, and economic and social upheaval, all leading to potentially greater conflict, disasters, migration, and more people living in extreme poverty. Major responses are urgently needed around the world to combat the negative effects of these global challenges on children and families. So with this in mind, Amanda, um, what were the main considerations when developing this new strategy? Thanks, Suzanne. So the long-term vision we wanted to set out was that we were all working towards a non-violent society where there's social justice for all and in a sustainable environment. And that's not that we can achieve any of this on our own, obviously, but these are the big global challenges that we wanted to be part of achieving. However, That is in the context of a much more volatile and unpredictable future, as you said, Suzanne, with the current likelihood that the climate emergency will become our new normal. And we're not an environmental organisation, but we do really need to think about what does this all mean for families and communities going forward? And it's likely that that will lead to, as you said, more disasters and conflict, which inevitably leads to increases in poverty and migration. And unfortunately, with COVID, we've already seen that all these things that we anticipated might happen are actually coming to to roost, such as there's more children on the move, there's an increase in child labour, then increase in child marriage. Also hearing about increase in in child teenage pregnancies in lockdown, uh, more children in alternative care and more children dropping out of school. So the strategy is really intended to guide our actions towards building a a world which addresses that inequality, that climate crisis, the violence and discrimination, and that advances child well-being, whilst also really importantly enhancing local civil society organisations. Thank you, Amanda. And you raised some really significant points there. And I just want to pick up on that last point that you mentioned um, around the need to enhance local civil society organizations. Um, There seems to be increasing recognition that these organizations have a rich and unique unique understanding um, of local contexts. Um, The situation for children and families and potential solutions and effective model of interventions. Ron, I was wondering, can you please provide some insight around um, legal services for children's work and how being part of a network like Family for Every Child can strengthen that work that you are doing? Yes, thank you, Suzanne and Amanda. Legal Services for Children, otherwise known as LSC, has been providing legal and social work services to children and youth in the San Francisco Bay Area of California since 1975. Our advocacy focuses on the areas of education, foster care, immigration, and guardianship. 
In 2017, we were invited to join family, and it was our first venture into the realm of international partnership and advocacy. Part of our focus over the last five years has been on diversity, equity, and inclusion. There is tremendous practice strength within Families Alliance, and we found our participation to be truly enriching and a reciprocal learning experience. Many of the struggles our children, youth, and families face are the same as those other families members face across the globe. Some of the benefits of working in an alliance like family have been truly outstanding. So uh, let's look at some of the work um, that uh, our Children on the Move group has been involved in, which Legal Services for Children is part of. The child migration is a global concern and the members of our group reflect this. Our national approaches, however, do not always align and they don't always promote what we agree on to be the best um, advocacy model for children experiencing migration. Looking at the United States' family separation policy at the southern border in 2018, which is an example of the cruelest and crudest policy imaginable to reform migration. Family for Every Child rallied at this moment, issued a joint statement condemning the policy while simultaneously promoting best practices for, for migration policy. This was a shining moment of joint action among our members. Thank you, Ron. Um, I'm always struck when we meet together as an alliance how um, we are connected globally by the challenges that children, youth and families face, as you've mentioned, Ron. Um, and I really am interested about the point you raise on this issue of the, the global advocacy and um, the picking up of, of, of uh, common issues and this issuing of a joint statement. Um, and this is perhaps a critical area that um, family can, can move forward in working with its members from the ground up, so to speak. Um, Amanda, I wonder if you want to just talk a little bit about how the strategy is focusing on this. Sure. So I think it's really interesting times because during COVID, many of the INGOs and donors actually sort of finally realized how vitally important local civil society organizations are. They were the ones who were actually being able to do an emergency response. And so that's what we've seen is that's put huge amounts of energy around transforming INGOs and a discourse and narrative around shifting the power and being locally led. So for us, that's a huge opportunity for us to speak out about how we've got a history of doing this and that we are really different because we were set up by local civil society organizations. You know, Cindy was very much part of that from the very beginning. And uh, we're governed by local civil society organizations and locally civil society organizations, as Ron has pointed out, design and deliver our impact. I think what, what we, we can really talk about is sort of saying rather than shifting the power, I think we can really call out to INGOs and say, actually, maybe it's time for you to start relinquishing your own power and providing the space for local civil societies to realize their own power, which is a different form of power. Um, and however, despite all of that, although that's a huge opportunity for us to really promote the, the sort of model we have and the power and importance of, of local knowledge, not just as a local context, but actually internationally about us in alliance, is, is, is that we've got it all sorted. We really need to make sure that it is local civil society knowledge that we are sharing, that our advocacy is based on the experience of local practitioners and that the representatives of the Alliance are local organizations, which is why our ambassador program is so important. And actually 
today was the day of general discussion and people like James and have been able to speak out on, on the issues of trafficking um, in an international arena, which is just fantastic to have observed. And we need to continue to strengthen our collective leadership so that the board, the secretariat and the members all work together, bringing our respective strengths. And I think we also need to make sure that we're not just facilitating local civil society general discussion, really giving agency to families and children and those with lived experience so that we're really achieving that democratic participation at all levels. So I think the crucial thing will be putting our resources behind our different pathways to impact that we pulled out in our theory of change works, which is namely, you know, the importance of practice exchange, not just between members, but with other practitioners, undertaking research and both of those informing our campaigns and advocacy and increasingly as we've identified the need to really work and develop on our humanitarian response because of this incredibly volatile environment that we work in nowadays and over time I think this will really lead to a transformational movement of local advocates that can really genuinely disrupt existing global and local structures and demonstrate the power of local knowledge and lived experience. Thanks, Amanda. I think this issue you raise around the power, power dynamics and shifting that and the work that the Alliance is doing around that is really important. And as you say, it was great to see um, families and um, children connected to um, Family for Every Child members from across the, across the globe participating today in the day of general discussion. Um, Ron, I wondered if you could maybe expand a little bit on um, the work that you've been doing um, to make this a reality. Sure. Thank you both again. Um, and Amanda, those are really the words you chose and just the visual I get of shifting the power dynamic, disrupting what's already existing in terms of structure, I think is just critical. And so how do we do that really as members? And so there are some key elements to doing this research, practice exchange, campaigning and humanitarian response. As members, we can really harness our locally rooted understanding of challenges, taboos, hidden issues and showcase our effectiveness, the work we do driven by local actors around the world. Challenging our knowledge through key thematic focused areas can really enable it to flow upwards, which is really what we're trying to do. Again, it's that, it's that local to global, um, which will improve policy and practice. This will be directed nationally, regionally, and internationally, so that children and families have access to the support they need to survive and thrive. Through this, we'll be recognized, and we are recognized as a global movement made up of local practitioners and a world leader in local knowledge and child well-being under the Family for Every Child banner. We will be and are seen as an innovative force that is modeling a way for the development sector to truly realize the power of people like us. Thanks, Ron. Um, that's a great summary of family as a model. Um, Perhaps we can discuss the five strategic priorities outlined in the 2021-2025 strategy. And they are focusing our action to make the most impact, growing our social movement of local civil society organizations, harnessing the power of digital to achieve transformational change, ensuring financial sustainability without compromise and delivering change by living out our values. Amanda, can you tell us why were these prioritized and can we briefly go over each objective? Sure. Um, so this was really informed by quite a lengthy process that we did with members, which was the development of our theory of change, 
and also the evaluation that we did of of um, of the previous strategy. And we combined that with analysis of both our own internal strengths and areas of improvement, and then really examining the changing external environment and where there were opportunities for us, as well as which we, we need to mitigate. And as I say, we really wanted to take a long-term view for this strategy of what, sort of not just within the strategy period of sort of four years, but also thinking you know, much further out 20, 30 years, where do we want to be? And so the, the sort of, five thematic priorities that you've outlined, why do we focus in on those? I mean, the first one I think was a real sense that the need for us to focus our action to make the most impact was really about if we, how can we really achieve the greatest change um, and really go to scale? Uh, and that we've decided, and I think that was really strong feedback from members was what we need to do is really invest our efforts in certain thematic areas where we can really leverage the most change for children and families. And we really need to focus in on those key themes rather than spreading ourselves too thinly. So what we've what we're going through now is having established the sort of five themes that we're going to focus on is then looking at those becoming more like a program portfolio on each of those themes, which really means that we bring all of our resources together behind those and we will effect change in multiple ways and at different levels. So it's really a highly coordinated approach, which is different from, I think, how we've approached it before. And then we'll commit to reviewing those themes on an annual basis to make sure they're the most relevant ones. And as I said, we'll also be looking to strengthen our emergency capability over time. But then the second one was really a reflection of one of the things that have been so incredibly powerful and actually much more successful than we'd originally anticipated, which was the development of the RISE network, which was the reintegration, um, looking at reintegration of sexually exploited children. And, and that brought together and convened a community of practitioners on that theme and managed to reach over 15,000 users and had at least 90 regular contributors over the three years of that project. I mean, and it's still carrying on, but that was the, the, the investment was in that three-year period. And what that told us was there's incredible, that's an incredibly powerful mechanism for galvanizing far more to engage in change processes. So we, on that basis, we invested in the Change Makers for Children platform, which is this digital platform we've created, which provides the opportunity to convene and support more such communities. And as a consequence for family to achieve more greater, much greater scale and reach. And then with our core members to provide the governance for the Alliance, we can then reach out to other networks, strategic partners and local practitioners. And alongside that, therefore, the sort of third priority was, well, so digital, we're really managing to see there's some real power to digital, recognizing we know that there is a digital divide. So we, we, can't, be, we can't sort of ignore that. That's a reality and it's a really important reality. But for all that, We've been a virtual organization long before people were home working, we were all remote working. And Changemakers, as I say, is a digital platform that's supporting that knowledge sharing and that coalition building. So during this strategy, what we really want to do is invest more in what can digital do to create a connected community and building bridges between local organizations across the globe so that they can collaborate and advocate for change. And clearly then sort of the underpinning that needs to be the financial sustainability. 
And the reason why we say that without compromise is that we want to stay true to who we are. Um, and that's really important to us. And that's the beauty of having the unrestricted individual giving that we receive from mainly from individuals in New Zealand and the UK, which is really a continuing source of our, of our income and provides us with real independence and flexibility. Um, but in, we think we recognize that also we need to prioritize growing our income from high value donors. And that will be something that members will come together in identifying opportunities for collaboration where we can bring in new funding. And alongside that, we will be developing our fundraising and communications capacity to support the financial sustainability of all of our members as well, because we recognize this is really difficult times. And I guess what we felt was really important, we could do all of that, but how do we stay true to who we are and what we started with in 2011? So as we've explained earlier, our model is part of our mission. And so we really want to make sure that during this strategy, we really strengthen the principles of democratic participation. So what do we mean by that? We mean that we're really going to continue to develop this culture of collective leadership, this demonstrating our commitment to valuing diversity and inclusion and really deepening our collaboration to become an even more powerful network of local practitioners. Thanks, Amanda. I think you've raised some really critical points there, um, especially in these times around how we work collaboratively. Um, you touched on issues of scale, you touched on um, you know, the power of digital to connect globally, the flexibility of, um, of funding, but also working together for financial sustainability. Um, issues of collective, um, collective leadership, but also of inclusion. Um, and also just looking at this idea of not spreading yourself too thinly and making sure that we're, we're looking at changes at many different levels, um, but also maximizing on, on, on specific issues that we know that we have particular expertise in. Um, so there is huge potential for members to collaborate, grow and impact more families and communities. Um, and as you both have mentioned, this is possible if we work together and strengthen our local civil society organizations. Ron, what actions can listeners take to strengthen the Alliance? So thanks again, Amanda, for laying out the objectives, our objectives so clearly. Um, so how do we become involved? And by being, by listening to this podcast right now, you are involved. Again, how could you be further involved? So uh, in the United States or in the States, uh, Ted Lasso TV show has become very popular. Somebody use a little football analogy. Um, and how the members, families, children, youth are all players on the pitch. And um, we're part of this larger stadium and you out there as listeners are part of our global audience. You're the fans, hopefully the fans um, in, in the stands. And you know we're connected in this, in this virtual world. Um, so members are regularly disseminating information about the work we do, development of best practice, how we arrive at that practice. And having an audience is critical to developing that practice and disseminating that information. So as in the stadium, there are moments to cheer, there are moments to pause, there are moments to reflect and question. And so, you know, please continue to participate. Please continue to reflect, question, listen. This brings out the best in all of us. So we thank you for your time right now and continue listening and becoming involved and staying involved. 
Thanks, Ron, for that encouragement to participate. Um, that is bringing us to the end of our podcast. Um, but I wondered before we finalize, Amanda, do you have any last remarks that you'd like to make? Um, and yeah, I think really recognizing that this is incredibly challenging times for our members, for local practitioners, for local organizations, and really to sort of reaffirm that the Alliance belongs to the members, it belongs to local civil society organizations, that's who it is. So I truly hope that the strategy that we've laid out will support all of our members to achieve even greater impact together. Thanks, Amanda. Um, Ron, do you have anything you'd like to say in closing? Sure, uh, just again, you know, reiterating my mes message of, of becoming involved, staying involved, um, and looking at the work we do. You know, I hope, um, you know, we're, the members are in this for the long haul um, and the global challenges, COVID, climate change will will continue. They, we are not done. We will always face challenges, migration, child migration. This is, this is a challenging world to live in um, and we're all in this together. And again, I thank you all for being being involved in this with us. Well, thank you to both of you for your time today and for the insights um, on this new strategy. Um, and also uh, thanks to all of the members and the Alliance staff that have made this possible to date. And um, as you say, Ron, we're in this for the long haul. It's great to be part of this Alliance and to be partnering with everybody. And um, yeah, we just want to congratulate family on everything that we've achieved to date. One of the ways you can help us spread the word and engage further in our conversation and activities is by joining our community on the Change Makers for Children community platform. You can visit changemakersforchildren.community to register. The more users there, the stronger we will be. We hope you will join us next time and thank you for listening and goodbye.